Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 147. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brent Wingate. All right. So we've got a lot of exciting stuff on this episode. First up, um, we're really proud to announce that we joined forces with a bunch of other ex-podcasts as well as ex-fans uh, to do something really special for San Diego Comic-Con this year. Like everything else, uh, there's not a physical event happening for obvious reasons. And so a lot of the panels and the special announcements have all gone virtual. So on July 23rd, which is next Thursday uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern, um, you should tune in and we'll put this on our social media uh, uh, platforms of a special X-Men fandom uh, surprise party. It was almost like a little slumber party that we did to talk about why we love the X-Men so much, uh, who our favorite characters are, and it was just a really great kind of little crossover um, uh, event with uh, X Reads podcast, House of X, uh, and several others. So um, it was just, it was a great experience. And there are, I'm not going to spoil it now, but there are some really wonderful surprises. So uh, very exciting that we got to do it. And a big shout out to Chandler Poling with X Reads podcast uh, for pulling it all together. So great. Uh, let's move on to news flash. Oh, shit. What's the news flash? Clark. Clark, any new news you know about? Yeah. I'm, I'm, about sorry, I'm on my phone and the internet's not working, so I can only have one thing up at a time. So I do not have the Google Drive up. Uh, all right, so. so but you so got it, that new haircut and you look great. Anyways, I guess I'm talking about um, the man who can impregnate, uh, impregnate me, John <laughs> Cates. So he's got two things going on right now. He's got the image series. Um, that was we thought was going to be crossover between different image series, but it's actually just called crossover, and it's about that superheroes aren't myths; they're viruses and they're spreading. It's going to be him and his God Country associate Jeff Shaw, and also including D Zoid. It says and John Hill are going to be the group that are creating it. And the other thing he's doing is going to be. Uh, Dark Ages, which is a miniseries. Wait, is that no? That's not. It's Don called King. the. It's called it's called the the King of Black. Oh God, I was thinking about something else. Anyways, yes, the King of Black. I suddenly decided that Tom Taylor's Dark Ages was Donny Cates. <laughs> Anyways, Tom Taylor is doing a series, which is the one that Adam says he can impregnate. Um, it is a series that deals with the entire world going dark, and Iron Man is heavily involved in it. And so it's kind of like, in its own way, deceased. It's, you know, him going into a world that's not really the world that we usually deal with. He just <laughs> wants to be able to do exactly what he wants to do. So hopefully it'll be as good as deceased. You guys think is good that I can't read because I can't get involved with DC Comics. Um, um, I, I, find oh, it, ahead, I find it very funny. There's this thing that happens between Marvel and DC. Oh, yeah. Every year where they come up with a crossover and um, by some miracle, which is leaks by the other companies to each other, they come up with a crossover that has an overall theme. This year, the theme is metal, like it's just metal. Um, and so when Donny Cates was doing press for this, he said, it's one of the coolest, most hardcore, most heavy metal 
sort of crossover we've ever seen. So so it's funny once again that we see Marvel and DC being in competition for the same crossover at the same time. And from now, I will take questions from Kayla. Go. So uh, I think there are times <laughs> where it is it is de- definitely, oh, DC is doing this Marvel. We should do this first and yeah. vice versa. I think this is one of those cases where like it's just the sort of same idea space. And you've got Donny Cates who's doing The King of Black. And then you've got, which we'll talk, and then uh, Scott Snyder who's been doing uh, uh, death metal which we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode i think they just like heavy metal like they're like of a certain age they grew up with that as they were kids and they're like we want to just you know evoke this stuff because kate's has been building up like uh the king of black through all of his marvel run especially venom now he's doing four uh even silver surfer black uh uh last year i i just think it's one of those those things like it's like when doom patrol and x-men came out in, in 1963 they were like a month apart. It's like one didn't copy the other. They were just, you know, it was just a weird coincidence that they came out at the same time. But then you yeah. have things like about 15 years ago, uh, DC had a crossover that was really successful but really shitty called Identity Crisis. Marvel decided to do a crossover called Identity Disc. And I'm like, okay, that's just bullshit. Y'all are just, this is <laughs> Both were bad. This is ants versus a bugs. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. also that. I mean, these people are all friends and associates and stuff. They're going to Thank like mention what their kind of stuff they're working on, the themes they're dealing with, and everyone kind of, you know, they're creating based on other people as well. Yeah. And and Donny Cates too, like to his point, he's been building this crossover for years and all his writing, but he specifically in an interview said heavy metal to draw the correlation because he wanted to get press. So for that, I give him a tip of the hat too, because he knew he already had his storyline. It was already set, but he basically was trying to rope it in back to make it seem sort of some sort of correlation just to get press. And I love him for that because that's smart. Well, this Are you disappointed in- that the, the, the amount you wear hats, Ryan, this one time you're not, you can't actually tip your hat? I am furious right now. Yes. How fucking dare me. This guy was involved. I mean, Donny Cates was involved in actually selling comics. So he knows how to, you know, spin a web in terms of that. Also, the one other thing he said about crossover is that he doesn't even know if it's going to work. He doesn't know if it's going to be terrible or not. It's like his, the thing he's, it's the most off the beaten path for him. So he's like, this may be a pile of shit. Yeah. Um, Anything else to say about that? No. Um, in other news, uh, so they just recently came out with some uh, Dave Filoni, which has done the Clone Wars, he's done Rebels, he's done some other stuff, is going to be working with his animation team to bring the next Star Wars animated series to Disney+, Plus, and it is called The Bad Batch, which is, um, if you've ever watched Clone Wars, it's literally a group of characters that were quote unquote, the bad batch of uh, clones that had one special quality that made them stand out from the rest of the bunch. And so they were introduced in the Clone Wars and they were gonna get their own spinoff series. This is, um, this is exciting news because if you are a Clone Wars fan, and I, I encourage people to watch it because it is better than you might think. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited about this, Brent. Uh, do we know if it they intend to animate it using the same studio so it's got the same look, 
or are they going to go with a different animation style or is it just too early to tell? Nothing official yet. There's still very little details. They just know it's going to, who the characters are going to be in. And a couple, they, they've already said like a couple of the cameos that will be in it will be like um, Rex and Ahsoka, which are huge within the Clone Wars. Um, yeah. Kaylin? So um, the Bad Batch, I know you're, you're the, our biggest Star Wars fan uh, on the podcast. Um, they were also the ones that were featured in Rebels, right? Uh, uh, when oh, you right. like they, they I think Rex was one of them. You mentioned Rex already, but I can't. Oh remember no, Kalen, Kalen, that was the Funky Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, they kept dropping their pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, now this was an offshoot team. It did feature some of the other main cast members of Clone Wars, but this was literally just they had a couple one-off uh, episodes within Clone Wars, and then they were also featured kind of one-off episodes in Rebels as well. So this will be them fully fleshed out in their own series. With that said, they are saying that they're going to bring in potentially a sequel to the Rebel series, and then also some other animated series that are connected to the larger live action series, like the Mandalorian and the future things like the Obi-Wan series that are coming out. But that's just in talks right now. That's just yeah, I thought, I thought I thought they decided not to do the Obi-Wan series, or am I making that up? Nope, it's still on. There's actually a rumor floating around that Anakin might make an appearance in some sort of way. Or right. Hayden Christensen in that sort of voice will make an appearance, which everyone's asking for. Okay. Uh, can, we, can we talk about Tayana Paris? Please. Yeah. Uh, so Tayana Paris, who played Don Chambers in Mad Men for several seasons, uh, great actress, beloved by fans. Um, she is going to officially be playing Monica Rambeau in the WandaVision series, but they've also described her as being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, suggesting that she will likely have a larger role. We've seen her at a young age, played by a different actress in uh, Captain Marvel, um, but she is so beloved as an actress and people really wanted her to either play Monica Rambeau or Storm. The fact that she is a fan favorite and is a great actress and is picked for one of those roles is just super exciting. Yeah. What do you guys think of it? Any thoughts, any excitement about it? Great. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. She's a great actress to your point, Brent. Uh, I loved her as Dawn in Mad Men. Uh, I thought she added uh, much needed diversity on an incredibly white show. Um, and um, Monica Rambeau is like one of my favorite characters in, in Marvel. So it's really cool that they're building up, um, you know, is it uh, Photon, is that her name, or Spectrum? I can't remember what her it's, last like, latest uh, name is. So she, she can manipulate and generate energy. No, 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 I know what she can do. I just can't remember her I'm like code name. the audience, Kayla, not you. Well, she's also I am the audience. Who else listens besides well. me, Brent? What did you say, Clark? She's been Captain Marvel as well. She just had to keep switching names because people have taken them. Yeah. yeah, that's fucked. Um, I'm excited for this. Um, I, I love this character. It feels like what uh, Miss Marvel is going to do, She-Hulk, like all those characters are eventually going to be part of the Avengers, but they're going to be introduced in the Disney Plus. To me, it... it... It's part of something I'm very excited for Disney to do, which is it's very hard to tell if someone will make a great 
blank. You know, they really nailed this character and they've done a pretty good job so far. Like uh, Tom Holland is Spider-Man, pitch perfect. Problem with like uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Tony Stark kind of changes the character. But having these characters show up in the TV shows and then they like get to be tested in front of an audience where it's not the most expensive financial decision and they can move on to the movies uh, makes me very, very excited. That's smart. Yeah. Okay, so with that in mind, um, so <laughs> there's been um, some rumors floating about recently and yeah, uh, they may be stupid or as we might say, this may be stupid, but there's rumors right now that Janelle Monet, everyone's favorite, may become two characters within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The first is Storm, and the second is Dazzler. What are your thoughts on this? This may I be actually love the idea for Dazzler. Oh, I, I meant that. The funny thing about you talking about Storm, and I know Ryan, you you didn't join us last week. We thought about bringing it up, and we said that's just too stupid. So thank you really? for being yeah. that yes. stupid. Yes, well, we rejected I'm here it. To the facts. We rejected it because it was the same kind of thing of like John Krasinski says he would love to play uh, Reed Richards. Reed Richards. It's like yeah. yeah, of course, of course, she would love to play Sue Storm. We would all love to no, play. No, 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 no. Clark, speak on this. Oh, I'm de- I'm desperate for her as Dazzler now. Yeah, I know. And um, Storm, I would say no, but Dazzler just feels right on every level. That's like, that is, I'm really into it. Love, I love that so much because it's like you know we talked about you know Kylie Minogue. Obviously, Kylie yeah. is a little bit older now, um, and Lady Gaga. I was like, all right, fine, Mr. Matter no. is a wonderful album, but um, but Janelle Monae as Dazzler makes me so fucking happy it's just so happy i, so I want to see her like present day and i don't want to see her have a flashback and she has to do some kind of like a disco hit be fucking <laughs> <amazing>. <laughs> <laughs> i i worry yeah. though that because janelle monet is so fucking fashionable it will just be disappointing to see dazzler in future comics because other draw artists can't draw as you know, crazy as Janelle Monae would look. No, what'll happen, it'll be the uh, Robert Downey Jr. effect. After he showed up, every artist in Marvel started drawing Tony Stark that way and giving him that personality. She would command that role. I agree. And for for Storm, I actually, my my dream cast is Lupita. Uh, Like, Lupita is like, Mm. she, I think, uh, uh, has the regalness, the beauty, not to say that Janelle Monae doesn't, but also, I want my Storm to have like an accent, like mm-hmm. an East African yeah. accent. I want that, um, you know. And like when Halle fucking Berry tried it in two thousand, it was awful. It was so bad that they dropped it in X two. It's just like she oh, dropped no, it this did- faster than Pepper Cash. You know what I mean? Pepper Cash. You mean you pepper- know what drops? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't have the right accent for it. <laughs> Uh, no, that's um, the Dazzler. The Dazzler rumor could be a lot of fun. So I've got another. Uh, this might be stupid, but this we know is actually happening. This is not just some ramblings in the dark web by uh, Ryan Cross sixty nine. But it it is um, Tom King, who is a very talented artist who did 
the vision series that we reviewed on podcast a few years ago and the inspiration for one division he also did a mr miracle series his secret project for dc is rorschach as in rorschach from watchmen um and i'm i've got some very mixed feelings about it uh the premise is it's set 35 years after uh the original watchmen graphic novel ended it's all about um um it's a pair of assassins who've taken on the moniker rorschach who are dealing with uh trying to kill robert redford while he is uh seeking another term for office um I think it's an interesting idea, but I also feel that Damon Lindelof told me everything I wanted to know about the future of these characters in the HBO series. Um, this just feels, uh, and also I just, I don't, Rorschach is not a good character. He's just not. Like, I like the way that they dealt with his legacy in the HBO show that he was uh, the inspiration for the Seventh Cavalry, a bunch of racist rednecks in Oklahoma as like the, uh, you know, the, the descendants, uh, the spiritual descendants of the KKK. So I don't know. Ryan, you want to say something? Um, I want to follow up with another question, Kaylin, because I know you're the biggest Watchmen fan of us here. Um, yeah. do, do, do you want to see other, like DC is obviously trying to capitalize on that they have the rights. It's within the DC universe a little bit. They're like trying to work it in a little bit. Do you want to see more series with them or no? I don't. I really, really don't. Like, I'm okay with them bringing in, like, Dr. Manhattan as, like, a godlike figure in the DC universe. So we'll talk a little bit about that yeah. uh, when we do uh, review Death Metal number two. Um, like, I'm like, all right, you know, because they own the rights, like, they can kind of fuck around with it. But um, I only wanted Alan Moore to ever write these characters. And now I only want Alan Moore or Damon Lindelof to write these characters. Uh, or Lindelof's, uh, you know, stable of writers. Because when when... Uh, DC did the Before Watchmen miniseries, which I find I put off for a long time. I finally read them uh, before the the uh, the TV show started, and they are not good. They're beautifully drawn. They're written by you know decent to very talented writers, and it just fills in gaps that I didn't care about. They just I don't care. It's like the it's just I don't know. It's like the it, Star this, Wars it, comics sometimes. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, even so, like, it's just like yeah. all, all the, who cares? It's all the, it's all the implied stuff that Alan Moore did so well in the original graphic novel. They decided to fill in all the stuff and it's just like, it just doesn't matter. Brent? I think there's a certain problem that Alan Moore set the tone and the story of Watchmen so well that it's hard to hope or wish for someone to try and add to it because you know in all likelihood you've at best got a 50 50 chance they make it worse and i we were very skeptical about lindelof you know taking this project on but i think that you know we kind of think that generally he did a pretty good job it's a net positive addition yeah i think that maybe you know Maybe it would be good for the series to expand more. It's a little bit weird given that it's kind of a parody uh, or a satire of um, superheroes, but there, I, I think there's still stuff to mine. I, if anything, I would like for there to be more content produced about how terrible the people who like Rorschach are to mm -hmm. just drown out as a part of canon all the people who love 
what what Rorschach represented to them, even though uh, what's his name uh, uh, Alan Moore really tried to make it clear that he's objectively terrible. Yeah. Um, I would like to also see like rather than mining these characters, finding different ways of telling sort of deconstruction of superheroes. Like uh, uh, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt was the uh, inspiration for Ozymandias. He was a character created by Charlton Comics. DC published him for a little while, but then the rights, um, there were some rights issues. So like another uh, uh, company is publishing, I think it's Dynamite Comics. And so Kieran Gillen, who wrote Wicked and Divine, has written a bunch of uh, Marvel books that we really love, like Young Avengers and Journey into the Mystery. He did a great, great version of Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, almost like dealing with different versions of him, like one who was sort of Ozymandias-esque, one who was like the more superhero-esque, uh, and like being able to uh, like kind of uh, do his own version of what Alan Moore was trying to do, but not feel like he was just doing a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. I think I would like to see more stuff like that than going back to this world over and over and over again. I think there's tons of stuff in this world that we could explore that isn't these fucking five main protagonists. There's so many different ways that we can like see yeah. another side of the country or another another country's response. There's a lot more to fill in that isn't that, you know, the main character. Well, that's why that's why the HBO series was so good. It wasn't in New York, it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh like they did have some of the um characters obviously like Slick Spectre, although she was going by the comedian um, you know, they brought in Dr. Manhattan, spoilers. Uh, but like, it was really about a bunch of new characters, including Sister Knight uh, and, you know, um, uh, my favorite, Lube Man, who was only in one cameo in one episode. Uh, but like, it didn't, favorite. it didn't like, it didn't mine like the same, the same characters to your point, Brian. Skinny Queen. Yes, love it. Great, so uh, since we're talking about the, uh, uh, TV shows uh, that deal with superheroes. We had the fifth episode of Doom Patrol drop. Uh, Clark, do you want to talk through what you liked about it and maybe what you didn't? Oh, what I liked about it. Um, this season, <laughs> God, I forgot what her name is in my head. Crazy yeah. Jane. Dork. Crazy oh, Jane. Crazy Jane, yeah. crazy yeah. Jane it has just fallen into a character I'm not really interested in. And Baby Doll is her character's name, yes? The, the altar. Yeah. 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 The moment she was killed, I was so fucking pleased because she's irritating as hell. And I, I've got a newfound soft spot for Dorothy. Like her, her, the way she speaks is so weird. The way her character is, is so like feels kind of wrong to exist kind of thing. I don't know. It just, the way she's performed seems abnormal. And I kind of enjoy that because that's part of her character. And Rest in peace, um, Bear, Bear Deer, whatever his name was, Max, <laughs> or whoever, feel sad for him. But yeah, I don't, I mean, per usual, oh God, I just lost it once again. Anyways, old man in wheelchair, what's that guy's name? Anyways. The Chief, Niles Calder. The Chief is still fucking amazing and is so well acted. I don't know. I was very pleased with this episode. This oh, episode God, reminded Oh, go ahead. Just the depressing Larry Trainer stuff was so rough too. That it show, was, so, that so, was, I mean, it's a good show. It's a very good show. Mm -hmm. I agree. This episode reminded me a lot of like um, 
when you have like the quieter uh, issues in comics where you have you pair off like certain characters to go they go off and do their own thing it's not even necessarily an adventure they're just finding a little bit of like bonding time like uh larry and rita going to his son's place and like the just the heartbreaking uh, uh revelation when he tells his his son that he's gay and then uh, the son calls the military on him it's like oh my god you know it's a classic you know coming out tale um and then uh uh the dorothy the dorothy crazy jane stuff was the least interesting although it did introduce finally introduce visually the candle maker who's going to be the big bad this season uh the manifestation of one of dorothy's um um you know friends, friends for like yeah and then uh i i as much as like cliff steel annoys me as much as uh, uh, Cyborg and Stone, uh, the 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 Steel and Stone like '70s cop show thing, I was I thought that was really endearing. It was especially good. especially when they 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 slam their badges on the desk and it's Niles Calder as the chief. I was like, all right, I'm in. This is a, <laughs> this is a '70s cop show. I would definitely watch. I every time I tune into the show, I'm like, okay, this is where I'm out. Like, I'm not going to like this. This is another fucking CW show. And it impresses me every time. Even when stuff isn't happening, I'm still enthralled. And I applaud them for that. And like, it was, it's less than an hour show. And so much has happened in that like 40, 45 minutes. Like they did a great job. It's a really well done show. I don't know if you guys ever watched the on the next episode of uh, after you watch an episode of Doom Patrol, but on the next episode of it was really it it just seemed so hokey for them to have like this clip of them like uh, Victor has like an afro and they're like shooting guns and like jumping across cars and you're like there's no this is just gonna be so stupid and then it yeah. turns. It's way stupider and way better. Yeah. The episode. I think whoever is like advertising for this needs to work on how they sell the show. Oh, so good. Um, Also, I like the little nod in the beginning of the um, episode where there's just still a couple of ghosts just fucking, just fucking still. There's just a couple of ghosts. so weird. What the fuck? It's like what Harry Potter wanted to do but did never execute it. I love it. So much. Harry Twatter. That was the ah! porno parody. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Harry Potter. Uh, in her. No. That that is her. <laughs> uh, uh, why don't we so move on to some... Oh, sorry, Kellen? No, go ahead. You were going to say something about Doom Patrol. I was going to move on, but go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that surely those sex ghosts must play some part somehow in how the season wraps yeah. up. And it's I am fascinated to know I how know. that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's literally her boo. Um, let's move on to some comics. Uh, <laughs> I know that was terrible. We got a lot of comics this week um, from both DC and Marvel. Like last week felt very DC heavy. Next week as a preview is very Marvel heavy, but this was like a nice balance. So we had uh, Giant Size Magneto number one. We've got uh, the first issue of Empire, which is the big crossover that Marvel's doing this summer. We had the fourth issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. Excited to see that again. Uh, the second issue of um, of Death Metal, which is DC's big crossover, and then uh, DC's uh, Hope at World and Number Five, which is the uh, uh, web series that's sort of filling in the gaps between the two deceased miniseries, uh, the one that was published last year and the one that's currently being published right now. So I say let's start off with Giant Size Magneto Number One. What did everybody think? 
It was the best of the three giant size. Yep. I liked it. Sure. I mean, it's a good character study. And I also love Namor and Emma Frost. They're three of my favorite X-Men. And I, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that he is collecting islands in a way. He's been doing that throughout <laughs> his life. Brent? Yeah. I, uh, I think there, there's a bunch of things to really like. And one thing that I really dislike. I actually would have liked this issue a lot more if I didn't look at who the characters are on the, the first page. And I kind of wish they didn't include them because having Namor show up would have felt like a more fun yeah. character reveal moment than it actually was. I think that this, oh, sorry, Clark. I said, that's actually been frustrating about the entire last, the whole Dawn of X, because they do that for every single issue. They kind of spoil what characters are going to be in it. Anyways, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, I think that the artist did a lot of really great work. I think that as far as atmosphere goes and, um, you know, kind of large scale vision about how things should look, it's incredible. But the faces are a little odd looking. Um, I don't think that the close-ups really uh, capture what I feel like a human face should ever look like. They're always they're um, odd or very kind of contorted. Let me see if I can find the... Oh, here, here's this creepy, smug Magneto who looks like he's in a erectile dysfunction commercial. Yeah. Um, it looks it, like a mask he's wearing. You know, like, around Halloween time where you can, like, fit yourself in a weird-shaped mask and it has, like, yeah. a on it? It looks That's like a that. Ronald Reagan mask, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. You know, <laughs> he looks like an older guy who's still buff. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Well, so okay. It's so actually, it's actually pretty accurate. That's, yeah, his Emma, yeah, his Emma, his Emma is a little bit different. It's a little bit different. But uh, Brent, I think you get hung up on faces and art. And it just for me, it just doesn't really bother me if the rest of the art's beautiful. Like, if you look at somebody like Frank Quitely, who did, uh, you know, Grant Morrison's New X-Men, or, or drew uh, the majority of that run, uh, one could argue that his faces look really bizarre. But yeah. he's still an amazing, he's an amazing artist. He's a fucking amazing artist. I'm sorry, he just is. You can make all the vomit faces you want, Ryan Crawl. It is stretched easy. out baby faces. Yeah, it's fine. It's I love me some stretched out baby faces. How dare you? How dare you? I like. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Look, you've had someone make out with you like that. Uh, Brent is holding up the image of Namor getting face fucked by a snail, um, and we've all had those terrible, yeah. terrible makeout sessions at at the club and. You know, I've seen your husband do that. Okay, I thought, I, I thought that was an oral sex thing. <laughs> yeah, he I actually mean, lays you know, an egg in someone's stomach. So that's oral sex. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, um, I okay. So it's like if you have to name three pompous assholes of the X Men mutant community, it's Brent, Emma Clark Frost, and Magneto, oh, and Namor. So I love that they're all together. Just being cunts to each other left and right and like yeah give me a give me a comic of that all day long i'm gonna love it if they're oh, yeah. if they're written well yeah yeah for with, sure and i i agree with clark that this was my favorite of the giant size so far because totally. of the three characters it's just a, a simple story told really well i like the art as well uh, as well and i like the faces but what i loved about it most was um the reveal of the structure that magneto creates with 
the sentinel face it is it is a to me it is an homage to what happened to emma uh in genosha right before grant morrison's um next x-men started or right yeah right when it started and like it's like you know several million being killed she was there a lot of her own students uh ended up dying the only thing that saved her was her secondary mutation of turning into a diamond and it was like remember it was a giant giant sentinel Godzilla looking thing that came in and destroyed uh, destroyed the island. With that said, do you think she like Magneto is doing this to like gain a partnership with Emma? Like, and that will be seen later in some sort of comic? Like Dude, they're in, in one scene, I want them to have sex now. Magneto like, and there, Emma? there was like palpable interesting connection, and I'm like, all right, now you can bang. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get I, it. I took yeah, this I get it. I took the Sentinel as like, like Pirate Cove or, uh, you know, kind of like <laughs> hope ye who enter here, like, like that, that is a head on a pike. So if you dare send a Sentinel to us, this is- Oh, what could be. I, th- yeah. I, think it's ac- I think it's actually both. It's because like the Sentinel came and destroyed what she had set up in Genosha uh, 20 years ago in real time. Uh, this is both like a, honoring those that died and also a warning sign like don't fuck with us i take it um, even further like i think it's like maybe a mini golf course in the sentinel head right there and they're like taking it so much further right yeah and um uh, further in like 20 years ago i guess in real time um an adjective x-men um after magneto seemingly died polaris created a memorial to him which was also a full-on head of of a sentinel so i like that a different a different magnetic x uh x-men is able to then create another version as what you're pointing no yeah no i was gonna say i remember that i think that was also in grant morrison's new x-men i think it was one of the issues that phil jimenez drew up so let's move on let's move on to some of the other books uh empire number one uh the beginning of the saga um i'll just quickly say uh again i was skeptical about this this uh crossover and i am in 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 um yep. i predicted the reveal about halfway through yeah but man what a fucking swerve uh making the katadi the actual empire and the scroll Cree alliance ostensibly the good guys um i love I, I love that i love that 180. i was like how, how are they gonna make hulkling a bad guy and i'm like oh no, they're not Fuck all the Avengers and everybody for trying to screw them over. Yeah. No, they're doing it right. Yeah. They did it so well. Um, uh, I think this is a testament to how good the writing of this issue is because we could have easily not given a shit about this issue, and we kind of wanted to not, honestly. And I think it was just written well. It was entertaining. And they, they yeah, it was a slightly predictable, but it's it was well done. I loved it. I think they got a lot of the – They've got a lot of the character. There's a lot of characters to deal with, yeah. and for most of them, I feel like they've got a good voice for each of them. So you get these like great character moments with Iron Man and Thor, or also the Ghost Rider Quinjet, which I think was my favorite part. Yeah, uh, great moment, great fucking contribution moment. to the MC, uh, the Marvel Universe, not yeah. MC. But yeah. No, the MCU also, will take that. Don't worry. Yeah. Also, use that at some point. M. Night Shyamalan, this is how you do the happening correctly. <laughs> yeah. You fucking hack. Um, so I'm yeah, excited for. Go ahead, Clark. I love that a character that's called a celestial 
Messiah and has been so since the 70s is now like gone crazy evil Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, good. Subvert all the religion, please. <laughs> I love that. And that actually fits in with what Marvel always did with like Jim Starlin's like Adam Warlock stuff. He definitely subverted a lot of like the religious stuff. Like he was totally. like he did not want to like be like pro Catholic or or pro organized religion. Uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy number four, um, very enjoyable issue. I think uh, again another Al Ewing issue uh, this week that deals with a lot of cosmic shit. Um, I like the two different teams. I think Gamora is so well written. I think uh, so is Rocket. And yeah, I mean I think just a just a lot of fun. I'm just, I'm, I've been excited for the last, what now that we had to push off for three months, um, like five, six months worth of waiting for the moon dragons to fight. Yes. Yeah. I'm so ready for that. I'm so excited. Yes. But um, they, they handle both casts pretty well. It's a yeah. lot of characters to deal with. And like, they have the stigma of what the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are. So they have to keep those characters around while trying to introduce some new ones. So I think they, they did a great job. I'm glad when, that we could take a break from Chris Pratt version of. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. When uh, it, it was a pretty big jump from the last issue we read, and I didn't go back and read the prior issue, so I'm like, oh yeah, there is some weird rabbit. I remember that guy kind of. <laughs> see the Prince of Power. <laughs> oh, you mean uh, Marvel? Marvel Space Flex Mentalo? Yeah. Do you mean your husband is what you mean? I wish. <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> no, no, his husband isn't a blonde. Um, That's but, true. Yeah, yeah. He's a bland. Also, ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that character was a lot of fun. And I, I'm so happy that Novar is in the series, too. And they did, they did so the good. fucking fingernail thing that, like, uh, 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 Morrison and J.G. Jones did in the original Marvel Boy miniseries, like, 20 years ago. And so he did the cool. spit thing, too. He did the spit thing, and then he Hulu. The psychedelic thing. spit? Yeah. Spit yeah, so good. Spit take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvel Boy is my new favorite character. I love him so much. Mm -hmm. So good. Phenomenal. Uh, Brent, I highly recommend you read his miniseries, as well as reading the Young Avengers series that he's in. You will okay, love, sure. love, love it. Yeah. Definitely will, Kaylin. He's just your... cool, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to some of our DC titles. So we've got uh, the second issue of Death Metal. I'm, I love, 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 love this. I love this series so much. I just think uh, it's hitting all the right beats for me as a DC fan. Uh, I love the interaction of Wonder Woman and Batman. And Batman having the, we talked about this in the first issue, having the Black Lantern ring to bring back uh, deceased heroes. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what something like Batman would do. I think it's so fucking cool. And now I finally understand also when Scott Snyder in interviews was talking about, um, you know, when you have big crossovers in DC, they're called crisis or crises. This is the anti-crisis. And like now you finally realize why they're doing that is because it's because their solution is to bring back the infinite multiverse, which is like, cool they should have never gotten rid of it in the first place that's what caused all the problems in dc uh, continuity issues going back to like 1985 um i i think i don't know i just love it the art's beautiful uh i love the way that they brought back the man who laughs uh, in the body of uh of like kind of bruce wayne slash dr manhattan uh and you know having wally west back as as the flash in any form just makes me really happy there was a 
these issues are like throwing out so many fucking things where I'd have to Google a shit ton of stuff because I don't know the DC universe as much, but I am enjoying it. And I don't know why I, if you ask me why I'd be like, I don't know, because I literally have no idea. Why is it because of, uh, is it because of this? Actually, yes, exactly that. Yeah. Like that T-Rex. explain what you're showing. Right. I'm showing uh, the surgery where they're putting the man who laughs brain in a twisted Dr. Manhattan's body and uh, Bat Rex uh, is looming over just judging how everything is going on. Uh, and he is such a bitch. He is just oh. a bitch. Well, if you had those tiny arms, wouldn't you be a bitch? No. I mean, you're I'm a bitch. Fucking king. But you're a bitch with like tiny, uh, with giant arm titties, though. So I, I guess yeah. I don't know what he I'm was also about. the first one who Doctor Manhattan looked at, and then just absolutely dissolved. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's outrageous. Uh, and I think Ryan, I think the reason you like it, even though like you don't have the same sort of uh, uh, well of knowledge for DC, is it's well written and it's well drawn. Yeah. Like it's just it's it's like you're intrigued by like what's happening. It's like the first time you read a good X Men comic. When you're coming in, it's like, I don't know where everything is going on, but I like this and I want to find out more. Yeah. I'm so, uh, what did you guys think of the, uh, the, oh, the review at the end? Superman robot thing that's going to fly to new apocalypse. Uh, it's, it's utter DC lunacy and I'm all about it. Yeah. It's, it's Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman because it's, got, it's yeah. got those lips, girl. Yeah. Lips for days. Lips for days. So uh, the last comic that we read this week was uh, uh, Deceased Hope at World End number five. It deals a lot with the new trinity of uh, Damian Wayne, um, uh, Batman, Jonathan Kent, Superman, and uh, Cassie Wonder Woman. Um, it was an enjoyable issue. Obviously, these read really quickly, um, but I just sort of like that. And I like that they brought in Talia Al Ghul, who is Damian's mom and uh, Bruce Wayne's former lover. Um, um, you know, it again, I kind of wish that they had interweaved these stories within the original deceased miniseries rather than doing something that's sort of separate. And now we have like the sequel series coming out. Um, it just feels like, okay, I'm glad they're doing this, but timing wise, it doesn't quite work for me, but um, still, still very enjoyable. Do y'all have yeah. any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. It's kind of fun to see the next generation, but honestly, yeah. It's okay. I feel like if, if they had a comic of these three going around saving the world, I would actually be interested because I like their chemistry. Uh, them hitting uh, an undead kite man with the Wonder Woman jet and then just smearing blood along the side of it is objectively hilarious. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, love Brent, that. You would, that. Brent, you would probably like the, there was a, a series, two volumes of it called Super Sons. And it's, it's Jonathan Kent and uh, Damian Wayne in, um, in the traditional DC universe having adventures as Robin and Superboy. It's a lot of fun. It's well-written well and well-drawn. Um, so for next week, uh, we've got uh, Doom Patrol episode six. Um, and we've got, it's an entire Marvel week. So a bunch of X-Books coming out. Hellions number two. God, that first issue came out like four or five months ago. We've got Empire number two. We've got Empire X-Men number one. We've got New Mutants number 10, I want to say. Uh, and then I think, is Wolverine coming out next week or the week after? I can't, I, I can't quite recall. 
But Who it's, knows? It's gonna... Find out on <laughs> <laughs> Homo Superior issue number yeah, one forty-eight. <laughs> All right, we've been Homo for Superior. Me, oh, for ahead, me, Clark. Baby Teeth number seventeen comes out. Whoa, we we will also uh, get that and review it on podcast too. I think we did that for the last few issues. Um, yeah. That's great. So we've been Homo Superior. Uh, find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Interact with us on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, Slide into our Goodbye. DMs. Bye. Bye.